Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Guys, good morning. I'm excited uh, to be up here again. I guess excited is the right word. Um, excited to be up here again with you guys. And today, I've got uh, kind of a heavy, heavy topic. Um, so I'm glad that we could start out with that celebration of what the Lord's done in their lives. Because I've got a heavy topic for you today. And the reason I've got this heavy topic is because my mother-in-law is here. So now is my chance to lay it down. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the reason. It is heavy, though. Okay, but their overall concept, um, their overall theme that I want to look at is walking in the light, what it means to walk in the light, how we walk in the light. And there are a ton of scriptures in our Bibles that have to do with the light, about God being light, about God creating light, about Jesus being the light of the world, about us also joining Jesus and being the light of the world, how to walk in the light versus walking in darkness. Man, so many scriptures. So many good things that somebody could say, <laughs> maybe not me, so many good things that somebody could say about walking in the light. And today I'm going to narrow it down. I'm going to focus just on the how, and specifically one way, one how, that we can walk in the light. And it's a way that me and a couple of my close college friends practice this every single week. We practice walking the light by means of confession. And that's a weird word, confession. It might give you some uh, thoughts of maybe like a Catholic priest or more like formal kind of traditional denominations like the Anglican denomination or an Orthodox Christian. Definitely not something that we do here at Eastridge. Confession. Weird word. We're not a denominational, you know? Um, confession. I don't feel weird talking about it, though, because it's all throughout our Bibles. And I've got two main resources when it comes to this message today. Obviously, Scripture, our Bibles. But also, I'm leaning heavily on a guy, a German pastor, that I like to refer to as a cow's favorite theologian. His name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Or Bonhoeffer, as most people like to pronounce it. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And before I dive into this topic, a confession by which we are helped to walk in the light. Before I talk about confession, because I'm really passionate about it. Because it's something that has changed and helped shape my own life. Before we dive in, I want to share this quote from Bonhoeffer. Because I don't want to get to the end of this message and guilt any one of you into feeling a certain way or guilt any one of you thinking that you have to do something, okay? But if you are feeling guilt, I know something that can help with that. We're talking about it today. This is what Bonhoeffer says. He says, confession is not a law. It's not. But rather, it's an offer of divine help for those of us who sin. So if you don't sin, you can tune out right now. But if you still sin, like me, you might want to listen. 
Confession's not a law. It's an offer of divine help for the sinner because God never said, okay, Jesus never said, Scripture does not say, confess your sins to one another so that you may be saved. Or if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead and you also tell of your sins to another person, you will be saved. That's not what Scripture says. I don't believe salvation. Biblically, I don't believe salvation is dependent on telling our sins to another person. But I do believe and have experienced that this is a gracious offer of divine help for the sinner, for those of us who still sin. Confession. Now, has anybody ever seen the movie The Goonies? Yeah? Anybody? Anybody? I don't see any uh, movement. I just see. Yeah, yeah, The Goonies. Okay, it's one of those movies that came out in uh, 1985. Um, and so my parents saw it, and then when we came along, um, they were like, hey, we should all watch this movie together. It's great. And then the whole time, they had their hands over our ears like this, and they were like, I don't remember them saying that word in here. Yeah, one of those movies. So if you go to watch it, just beware. <laughs> beware. But it's about these kids, this group of friends that go on a treasure hunt. Okay, and in any good movie about a treasure hunt, there are these villains, okay, that get mixed up with the kids, these villains that have done some bad things, and if people find out about it, if they get caught, they're going to jail for a very long time, if not ever. And eventually, they capture one of these kids that's looking for treasure. His name is Chunk. If you've seen the movie, you know why his name is Chunk. Chunk, and they sit this kid down. They're trying to figure out everything he knows about them, if he knows enough to incriminate them, trying to figure out everything he knows about them and what his friends are up to because they're snooping around their place. So they sit this kid down. They look Chunk right in the face. And they say, tell us everything. And he goes, everything? <laughs> everything. So this is what Chunk says. Okay, I'll talk. In third grade, I cheated on my history exam. <laughs> in fourth grade, I stole my Uncle Max toupee and I glued it on my face, but I blamed Moses in my Hebrew school play. <laughs> yeah, this is what they're doing. They're like, what? In fifth grade, I knocked my sister Edie down the stairs and I blamed it on the dog. But the worst thing I ever done. And if you know the movie, you know what I would be about to say. I'm going to stop right here because at this point he starts talking about some, uh, some fake puke that he makes. He, does, he just does this nasty prank in a movie theater and he regrets it because the end result is not good. And so he says, I never felt so bad in my entire life. The worst thing I ever done. Chunk, man, he is an inspiration, okay? Because Chunk, Chunk is good at confession. And what he does in that scene, you can Google it later. The Goonies, Chunk's confession. What he does in that scene is what I do every single Monday night with a couple of my close friends. Is that weird? It's probably weird. It's probably crazy. We confess to each other. Why? Because we want to walk in the light. We want to walk in the light so that the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. So we confess to each other all sin. Man, I think the church has done an okay job um, letting us know that we're not supposed to sin, right? You guys know that? We're, we're supposed to refrain from sinning. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be putting to death the misdeeds of the flesh. If you're a Christian, if you're in Jesus, we should refrain from sinning. Go and sin no more, Jesus says. That's biblical. I think the church has done an okay job letting people know, oh yeah, we're not supposed to sin anymore. But I think we've done a poor job in showing people how to keep moving forward when you do sin. 
or when you do mess up, or when you're stuck messing up. Man, wasn't I supposed to have a handle on this once we get a Christian? Wasn't I supposed to be over this? It's something that needs to be addressed because sin is humiliating. Sin is shameful. Man, I said a couple of weeks ago, when you're ashamed of something, you don't want to talk about it. Man, I don't want anybody finding out the things I've done, which I'm ashamed of. I'd rather most people not know about those things. I'd rather not talk about it because sin is shameful. Sin is humiliating. Bonhoeffer says, sin wants to be alone with people. And those who remain alone with their evil are left utterly alone. Sin is lonely. It wants to keep us in darkness. And when we stay in darkness, we have no fellowship with God. When we stay in darkness, we have no fellowship with God and no fellowship with each other. That's a bold statement. But it's scriptural. As you see in just a second. True fellowship True community is found living in the light. Here we go. Listen to this. It's 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It'll be on the screens. Read this along with me. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, if we claim to have fellowship with God and yet stay in the darkness, live in this darkness, then it says we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now you might think that the difference between walking in light versus walking darkness is the same difference as as not sinning versus sinning. No, that's not true. (laughs) We Christians, even leaders in the Christian church, I mean, we Christians unfortunately still sin sometimes or even a lot of times. That's not the difference. The difference is whether or not we allow the light to expose our sins, showing it for what it is, or if we keep it hidden in darkness. That's the difference. Do we let the light expose our sin? And how do I expose it personally? Personally, what do I do? I confess it out loud to another believer. And guess what? (laughs) Our sin's going to be exposed at some point or another. Either on the day of judgment, when we give an account before the Lord, of all the things we've said and done, and thankfully we are all covered by the blood of Jesus Christ when we do that. We're still given an account. Or sometimes, this is what the Lord does in an act of grace. It's an act of grace, but it does hurt. Sometimes we're stuck in our sin and we're ashamed of it and we're keeping it hidden. Sometimes what the Lord does is he chooses to expose it to those around us against our will. He chooses to expose it. And that hurts But it's an act of grace. You know why? Because usually that's what pulls us out of it. When it's exposed to the light and those living in the light. Church, I'm trying not to let any one of those times, judgment day, or God exposing my sin, I'm trying to let either one of those times catch me unawares. (laughs) So what I'm doing now on Monday nights, I'm exposing my sin. I'm confessing it. I'm trusting God's word that as I'm doing so, the blood of Jesus, though it's already forgiven me from sin, I'm trusting that as I confess sin, the blood of Jesus is also purifying me from all sin. Okay, so illustrating exactly this point, because I copied it from him, John continues to write, if we claim to be without sin, 
If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Man, that's almost good news right there because it's not an excuse for us to sin, but it does excuse us from having to act like we don't sin. If we claim to be without sin, man, that's a lie. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We obviously still sin, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, if we confess our sins, he will purify. That word purify is the same word that scripture uses in the healing and cleansing of lepers, those infected with leprosy. And the only two ways that people can be pronounced as having been cleansed from leprosy is if the disease has stopped spreading and seem to just be scar tissue on their arms, the disease itself is dead, or it's totally gone. The only way that they are cleansed, the only way that they are purified is if the disease itself is dead or gone. Then they're said to be clean, healed, purified. And that's what Jesus wants to do with our sin. He doesn't want to just forgive us, which is miraculous in and of itself that we are forgiven of all sin that we've ever committed or will commit. He doesn't want to just forgive us which is miraculous, but he also, and he wants to purify us, not just forgive us and say that you're still infected with this disease that causes death. No, we are to confess our sins and then he is faithful and just to forgive and purify us, to kill and remove this disease of sin. Man, this past year, with 2020, I started seeing these machines go around Walmart. Okay, it was like these towers just scanning shelves. And what they did is they had this UV light on there. And it was killing. This UV light was killing all these coronavirus germs that could possibly infect. I know there's controversy as far as the surfaces thing that came out recently. But this UV light, it really does work in killing germs and bacteria. Okay, the light of God acts like this UV light does on germs. The sun emits naturally these UV rays, okay? And listen, it kills disease-causing organisms. How? It does so by causing mutations in the DNA of germs like bacteria and viruses. And listen, this is important. While these germs, they might not be killed immediately, the special ultraviolet light weakens them and keeps them from reproducing or surviving for long. Guys, sometimes it takes a little bit of time but you have to expose it to the light. Man, that germ has to come in contact with those UV rays. Sometimes it takes a little while for it to die, but it is dying. The light keeps it from reproducing or surviving for very long. And then listen to this. Unfortunately, ultraviolet light can only kill the germs it contacts directly. It has to contact it directly. It can't remain hidden. So if germs find hiding places such as shaded cracks, they can stay safe from the sun's ultraviolet rays. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to say it because I'm a mature adult. Guys, those germs have to make it to the light. You have to get those things, those germs, that disease, that sin, into direct contact with the light. So when confessing any and all sin, me personally... When confessing any and all sin to my brothers in Christ, I get that sunlight into any and all hiding places because I want my sin to stop reproducing itself and quit surviving. So I confess it. I expose it to the light. I turn over every rock, turn over every stone, expose it 
to the light. Now at this point, I mean, we've just looked at those two passages from John, okay? Thanks for hanging in there with me to this point. Okay. Two passages from John, and John isn't really clear about who we confess our sins to. He just says, if we confess our sins, comma, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, but confess our sins to who? To whom? To? To? Help me out. To whom? Whom? Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> to whom? Who do we confess our sins to? Only God? Definitely to God, but only God? Jesus? Yeah. And we definitely need to confess our sins to God, to Jesus, only Jesus. I won't say no to only Jesus. But I will say that I tried so hard and for so long, way too long, to convince myself that I only needed to confess my sins to God and not other Christians. I use scripture to convince myself of this, okay? I use scripture as my argument that I only need to confess my sins to God because David, David in the Psalms, he writes about his sin with Bathsheba, his affair that he has with Bathsheba. And he writes about it in Psalm 51, and this is what he says, against you, God, against you, God, and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Man, I read that verse and I thought, sweet. Now I don't have to tell anybody except the Lord about my lust problem because David actually slept with another woman and had her husband killed and he only admitted that he had sinned against the Lord and the Lord only. Now I only have to confess to the Lord. That's what I thought when I read that verse. And maybe that verse made some of you feel better because you know I'm talking about confession. So here you are sweating, thinking you're going to have to confess your sins to somebody. Now you only have to confess to the Lord. But, man, don't you know that David's sin is explicitly detailed in our Bibles, which are all across this room and all across our houses and all across the world. Don't you know that with David's sin, and he just sit quietly in a room and confess it to the Lord, he put it in a psalm. He put it in a psalm and then distributed it to be sung around his entire faith community and now across the world. So if you want to, feel free to follow the path of David. If he encouraging you or influenced you, feel free. Man, instead of just confessing to a couple people, close friend, close brother in Christ, and detail your sin in a letter or song and distribute it to the entire faith community, entire world. Go for it. I'm not going to do that. Probably lose my job. But I still try to convince myself, and maybe you are too, that I only need to confess my sins to God. And Bonhoeffer addresses that. And let me tell you, he doesn't discredit anyone. I don't discredit anyone that confesses your sins silently to the Lord. He doesn't. He just gives this warning, just a word of caution. Be cautious, he says, when you confess silently. I'm going to read exactly what he says and just bear with me because his language is a little formal, okay? It's a little different because he uh, is removed from our time by several decades. But this is what Bonhoeffer says. In confessing our sin silently, just to the Lord, not to another human being, no human being present. In confessing our sins silently, we must ask ourselves whether we often have not been deluding ourselves, deceiving ourselves about our confession of sin to God. 
whether we have not instead been confessing our sins to ourselves and also forgiving ourselves. And is not the reason for our innumerable relapses into sin, is not the reason for our innumerable relapses into that same old sin and for the feebleness of our Christian obedience to be found precisely in the fact that we are living from self-forgiveness and not from the real forgiveness of our sins? Self-forgiveness can never lead to a break with sin. Church, are you still falling into the same old sins you confess weekly, monthly, for years? I was. That was me. I was falling into those same old sins weekly, monthly, that I confessed to the Lord for years. And I was still not seeing victory. Is that you? And do you relate to that? Because if you do, you might just be confessing your sins to yourself and then forgiving yourself. Self-forgiveness, it can't lead to a break with sin. I know that. After a long time, I fortunately and humbly found Bonhoeffer's words to be true that as long as I'm by myself when I confess my sins, as long as I'm by myself, everything remains in the dark. And I'll say this, not to discredit I think everything just has a strong potential to remain in the dark when I'm by myself confessing my sins. But when I come face to face with another Christian, the sin has to be brought to light, Bonhoeffer says. When I come face to face with another Christian to confess, I know without a doubt that I'm confessing to the Lord. When I come face to face with another Christian, knowing that as we're gathered in that place, two or three of us gathered in that place in the name of Jesus, that Jesus is there with us. When I come face to face with another Christian, the sin has to be brought to light because Jesus is there and Jesus is God and God is light. If you're not seeing purification, cleansing, healing, removing and killing of the sin from your life, you might be walking in darkness. Just stop and walk in the light. Expose your sin to the light. Turn over every stone, expose it to the light, confess it to another believer and be healed from it. James 5, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. If you're not experiencing that healing, that cleansing, that purifying from this disease, you might not be confessing your sins to God. You might just be confessing them to yourself. But when you confess to another believer, God is without a doubt there. You can't deceive yourself when you're confessing face to face to another Christian gathered in the name of Jesus because you know he is there with you. Come face to face and confess and be healed. Jesus says to his disciples in Mark 4, said, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or bed? Church, does the light of Christ come into your life just so you can put it underneath your bed or just so you can keep it here in this section of your life and that's it, not letting it permeate any other area of your life? Do you bring in a lamp just to put it under a bowl or a bed. Instead, don't you put it on its stand so that then it's going to give light to everywhere in the house. Don't you put it on its stand for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. 
Church, hear this this morning, that the light of God, this lamp of Jesus, it's going to shine into this world and reveal all that is hidden, both good things and bad things. It's going to reveal the things of God, his nature, his truth, his salvation. But the light will therefore also reveal the things which are not of God. Sin, evil, the devil. What's done in darkness needs to be exposed. What we want to keep hidden needs to be revealed. What we want to keep concealed needs to be brought out into the open for our sake. Because so long as we keep sin a secret, so long as we keep sin hidden in the darkness, we allow sin and we allow shame to have power over us. When we're ashamed of it, when we're keeping it hidden, we're giving it power. But sin that has been spoken, sin that has been confessed, sin that has been brought into the light has lost all of its power. Sin that encounters the light has lost all of its power. Are you exposing your sin to the light? I want to walk in the light. And so I'm walking in the light. I'm walking around with the lights on. The light of God guiding my feet. Man, Proverbs 4, it talks about and contrasts the way of the righteous with the way of the wicked. The righteous, they walk in shining light. Light that's like the dawn shining on a new day. They walk in shining light, but it says this about the way of the wicked. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know. They do not know what makes them stumble. Guess what? I know exactly what it is that makes me stumble. I'm trying to walk in the way of the righteous, and I know I am because I'm in Jesus Christ, and he makes me righteous. I'm walking in the light. But that doesn't mean that I don't stumble. It just means I know exactly what it is that's causing me to stumble because I'm walking around with the lights on. And though I stumble, I will not fall for the hand of the Lord upholds me. And whatever it is that's causing me to stumble through confession, through exposing it to the light, Jesus picks that sucker up and gets it out of there. He's cleaning shop. And sometimes it takes a little while. But he is faithful and just. And when I confess my sin, He's cleaning it. He's keeping it from reproducing. It's not going to survive. I'm exposing it to the light. I'm confessing it knowing that Jesus is killing and removing the sin that still wants me, but will not have me. Because it's in the light now. Confession. Confession is not a law. It's not. It's just an offer of divine help for the sinner, for those of us who still sin. It's an offer of divine help. Guess what, guys? I have received that help. It took me a long time to receive it. But once I did, and once I started practicing it, that's when I started seeing victory over sin. Man, I knew I was forgiven but I always just felt like I was still losing the battle, that it was still raging inside of me. But when I exposed it to the light, the confession to my brother in Christ, that's when I started seeing victory in my life from the moment I confessed it, the moment I brought it into contact with the light. I'm not keeping it hidden anymore. Turning over every stone, exposing it to the light. And now I've experienced victory, victory over pride, Victory over lust, 
victory over anger, victory over lying, victory over patience, victory over impatience, victory over doubts and unbelief, victory over fear, victory over shame and guilt, just to name a few of them. And all of this is because of Jesus and through his gift. It's all because of Jesus and through his gift, his purpose of confession. I still stumble. I still sin. But I know exactly what it is that's causing me to stumble. I confess it. And the Lord gets it out of there quick. Sometimes not as quick as I want, but he's always, always working. Getting it out of there. As I expose it to the light. So I want to ask you today. Do you still struggle with those same old sins that you've confessed silently to the Lord for years, for months? Do you still struggle with those same old sins, haven't seen victory over them? Are you still battling pride? Are you still giving in to anger? Man, are you still falling into porn? Whether that's on a website or on Netflix, is lust still raging in your heart? You're still doing things with someone you're not married to, things you shouldn't be doing? And are you still lying? Are you still getting drunk? Are you still talking about people behind their back? Are you still doubting God? Are you still fearful? Are you still ashamed of your sin? Man, if any of that's true for you, or it's bringing up some other things I didn't mention, if any of that's true for you, let me first say, you're forgiven. You are forgiven if you stand in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're forgiven of those things. But don't you also want to be purified? Don't you also want to look at this disease that's like leprosy on and in our bodies? To look at this disease that is meant to cause death? To look at that death causing disease and see that it itself is now dead, is receding, is gone? And then accept and use this gift that God has offered Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Jesus is faithful and just. If we confess our sins, he will purify us from all unrighteousness. That's truth. That's what I'm clinging to when I confess and expose my sins to light. That's what I'm clinging to. Don't be afraid of it. Man, sin wants to keep you alone. Sin wants to keep us in darkness. It wanted to keep me alone. I was afraid for a long time to confess my sin. And that's the work of sin. It wants us to be afraid. It wants us to be alone. It wants us to be humiliated. But when I expose it to the light, that shame is gone. You think it'll be the opposite. Once people know, you'll be even more ashamed. No, the shame is gone. It's lost its power. Sin wants you to be afraid, but confession causes a breakthrough to community, to true fellowship with God and with others. Guys, Let's live in the light together. We're all in this together, so let's be in it together. Just like that, some of you started singing High School Musical in your head, didn't you? Don't be ashamed of it. Confess it. I want to leave you with this. This verse from Hebrews, chapter 3. And it's not... An instruction, it's not an encouragement to any just one believer. It is an instruction to the community of believers. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. See to it, all of you, all of you, see to it, that none of you, all of you see to this together, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. 
But all of you can encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've all come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end as has just been said. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If you hear the Lord's voice, do not harden your heart. I hardened my heart against confession for a very long time. Even when I knew it was the Lord, His voice, urging me to confess my sins to another person, I hardened my heart for a very long time. And now where I am today, I mean, I'm undeserving of where I am today, but I'm incredibly thankful of where I am today. Although I wish I would have started obeying God's word years ago. Years ago. The Lord's speaking to you right now. And don't harden your heart. If he's convicting you today in regards to sin, you need to confess. Don't harden your heart. Rather, confess it. And by the grace of God, be done with it. Be done with it. Don't be afraid. Because God's grace is greater than you realize. Don't be afraid. So guys, right now, I want to take this time to pray. But I don't want to give you an excuse just to confess silently to the Lord. (laughs) But what I want to do right now is give you a time to pray for transparent community. Man, one of the things that me, my close friend from school, what we do is we've agreed to be explicitly honest with each other on Monday nights. Explicitly honest, holding nothing back, leaving no stone unturned. During this time, I want you to pray for someone like that in your life. For God either to send someone, if you don't know someone like that, for God to send someone. And it'll be abundantly clear that this is the person you need to be transparent with. To get all your sin out into the light, to expose it to the light with. Or, maybe right now has been speaking, you already know someone that you can go to. Confess your sin to. Expose it to the light. So that Jesus will kill and remove it, purify you from it, be done with it. So right now, man, pray that God would give you someone that you can walk in true fellowship with, transparent community with, walk in the light with, by means of confession. So right now, pray for that person, and I'll close us in just a minute. Lord, I love the prayer of David. And he prays in 2 Samuel. He prays to you and he says, Who am I, O sovereign God? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? Lord, who are we this morning that you have brought us this far? God, that you sent your son to die on the cross, to take our punishment, to take our end 
what was supposed to be our ending, he took upon himself. Now for whoever believes in him, us in this room, we believe we have forgiveness of sins. God, according to your word, we also know that you want us to pure. You want us to have purification from sins. And God, that's a messy process, but it's a good process because it's in your word and we believe your word. So God, I pray alongside with every one of these folks that are in here this morning. God, that you would give us someone whom we can have transparent community with that encourages us to walk in the light and they can know all the messy details of our life because when we reveal those messy details, we're exposing it to the light and the light is killing it. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. Your grace is greater. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.